This is Steal the Sermon number 78, a one-minute sermon, The Bartender's Tale. This one long, runs a little bit long for a one-minute sermon, but I like it so much that I let the guys roll on. I hope you like it. So I wandered into Hart's Bar one more time in my never-ending scavenger hunt for truth and also for their world-famous beer and a bump. The young man sitting at the bar looks like his dog has just died. He looks like an excellent source for sad wisdom. So I pull up next to him and nod, raise two fingers to Jack, the barkeep who then slides over my two glasses and two for my down-in-the-mouth companion. When even a free beer and a bump doesn't elevate his spirits, I turn to him and say, Son, you must have taken a hell of a beating from that cruel world out there. Tell me about it, as I am far and away, the cheapest and least sober, unlicensed therapist to be found on the peaceful and beautiful south side of Chicago. Jack rolls his eyes and walks away. He has heard my pitch before. The young man tells me that his name is Bob, and he has heard the call to save the souls of the wretched sinners on the south side. I agree that this is an excellent place to fish for wretched souls. You can't swing a pool cue without hitting a few, myself included. But Bob protests that they won't listen to the good news. They're too busy talking about them bears and the hawks, and gossiping about some girl's short skirts and foul mouths. They smile and they ignore me. No one listens. Well, I ask Bob if he thinks Jesus had an easier audience. I tell Bob that uh, as far as I know, I'd be surprised I didn't think anybody had thrown rocks at him or targeted him for a drive-by execution like they did your boss. For the first time, Bob smiled. A bitter smile, but it was a smile. My shtick was working. I tell Bob that the good news is kind of like poetry. Really good stuff, but a very, very tough sale. Always has been. And then I get Bob's rapt attention by saying that I can make all of his preacher dreams come true in the next seven days if he will only exactly follow my plan, a plan which I am still making up in my head. To buy a little time, I ask Bob what part of Jesus does he like the least? Bob has an instant answer. I really hate it when Jesus goes into the temple, flips over the tables, and starts whipping people. I hate his anger. We are called to be peaceful, not to act like the worst thugs in town. How could he do that? Well, this is a bit of a problem for me, since that is, in fact, my favorite story about Jesus. I like a Jesus that can kick some ass when necessary. Seems more human to me than a 100% peacemaker Jesus, and much more exciting. So, I adjust a bit, begin to tell Bob of my newly hatched plan for him. Here's my spiel. Bob, I want you to think about the woman at the well. Think about the thief next to Jesus on the cross. Think about Lazarus and Dives. Think about those scumbag Pharisees. Think about Peter with screw-up after screw-up. Think about Thomas jamming the old hand in Jesus' side. Think of the widow's might and of the rich guys dropping big bucks in the temple barrel. Bob, here is the simple truth of Jesus' message. 
like advertising, you've got to repeat one simple message over and over and over and over to get it across even a little bit. Every time, every day, say it over and over in exactly the same way to the same money-worshipping people that ticked Jesus off in the temple. Shout it at the country club. Scream it at Sunday Mass. Thunder it in the expensive seats at the best playhouses, at the fanciest wedding receptions, in the finest bistros. Howl it outside Soldier's Field on game day. You will make an impact, Bob, I guarantee it. Bob was enthralled. He grabbed me by the collar and shouted, What do I say? What do I say? And I replied, I have condensed Jesus' message into 15 words. 15 words. People won't listen to 16 words. Got to be 15 words or less, Bob. Your job is to repeat them to the so-called best people. Don't bother with the others, just the best people. And Bob pleads, tell me, tell me, you got to tell me. And I said, first the bump of whiskey, then drop the shot glass into the beer and drink it in one gulp. Watch me and repeat. I showed Bob my well-practiced and perfected method. He followed my examples with eyes glowing with fervor. Now the message, Bob shouted. I got to have the message. I grabbed his shoulders and slowly said the 15 words Bob hungered for. The condensed New Testament in 15 words. The sins of the poor are more beautiful than the good deeds of the rich. Bob repeated the words, the sins of the poor are more beautiful than the good deeds of the rich. He repeated it several times. He hugged me, ran out the door to begin his unstoppable world-changing mission. I returned to my bar stool and signaled Jack for another beer and a bump. Jack came over and said, well, that was quite a show, Tom. You really think it'll work for him? I smiled and said, well, Jack, we've been trying various weaker versions for 2,000 years without much success. I think it could be the bump and a beer of religion. Jack persisted asking again, but do you think it'll work for the kid? I thought for a moment and then said quietly, I doubt it. But it's worth a shot and a beer to make a bad joke. Jack shook his head and said, But what about the kid? And I told Jack, He now has a sense of mission, something that he desperately needs, something that we all desperately need. He'll be okay. And if it doesn't work out, well, at least the drive-by that takes him out will be from a new BMW rather than a rusty Impala. It'll be from the same crew that got Jesus. Bless the soul of our old friend Bob. I'll bet he beats the odds. Not really, but I hope he beats the odds. Gotta happen one of these days. And I drink up and signal for another two glasses. Amen. Alleluia.